Hey everybody, I'm Katie McDoyle and this is the Detecting History podcast. How are you doing? Uh, welcome to another edition of the Detecting History podcast. Um, you might be able to hear it in my voice, but I'm not very well. Ooh. Um, I managed to have a lovely trip down to Devon. I had a lovely go detecting on the beach with my new DS2, which was lots of fun. But I went to Devon and all I got was this lousy COVID. First time getting COVID and it's hit me like a ton of bricks. So I've been a bit quieter than usual on socials because get your tiny violins out. I feel terrible. But on the plus side, I will be over this beast in time for Christmas. So there's always a silver lining. Glass is always half full. Um, Today we've got the wonderful Ellie and Lucy from Roman Found. Um, Such a wonderful, wonderful interview. Lovely ladies. Really great chat. Um, and they've got lots of very interesting things to tell you all about. In the meantime, I hope you're enjoying the Advent Calendar competition, the reveals each day, and another big thank you to Darren Booth, History on Earth, for the concept and production. And I also hope you're really enjoying the Detectress on the Detectress series. So we're up to Season 1, Episode 2. And a big thank you to Ellie, Miss Detectress, Ross, Detector Rost, and M Loves Old Stuff, as well as my co-host Carl, the Mental Detector. Um, so you can look forward to those over the next few weeks. Enjoy this week's episode, gang. I hope you're all doing well. Um, if you can get your vaccines, your flu vaccine, your COVID vaccine, I highly recommend you do. This is the one occasion I'm actually too young for something. I'm not eligible for a COVID vaccine. Um, But believe me, if I was, I'd be getting it. So good luck to you. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Welcome, everybody, to the Detecting History podcast. And I'm so excited today. We have got the lovely Ellie and Lucy from Roman Found. Good morning. How are you doing, ladies? Good morning, Katie. How are you? Thanks for having us on. I'm so Good, thank you. So excited to finally get you on. Um, you are a sensation. I was doing my usual social stalking, so I'm going to spit some facts at you now. Get ready for this. <laughs> so on Instagram, you've got over 69,000 followers. I think you started your Instagram around September 2021. YouTube, you've got 2.9 thousand subscribers and over 238,000 views. TikTok, again, 60,000 followers. 909,000 likes. That's simply wonderful. And then, of course, you've got your amazing website. Everybody can find you at www.romanfound.com. How do you feel about all those facts? It sounds pretty good when you say it like that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound too shabby. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound too shabby. And um, I'm a personal fan of yours. I love watching your videos because, one, they're always so relaxing to watch. And, two, just the way you explain everything and how you you're going about your detecting 
and what you find and the surface finds and you describe the eras and what it would have meant to the people. Absolutely love it. So I hope people, if they don't know you already, go and seek you out. But I wanted to ask you, and you're my first duo as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> first of all, whereabouts in the UK are you both based? So we're based in Lincolnshire and that's where we both well, we're born here. Yeah, yeah, originally. And then Lucy yeah. had a small siesta over in New Zealand. Yeah, so I grew up in New Zealand, so I've lived out there for at least 20 years. Yeah. And I've ended up back here somehow, <laughs> um, back to the home county. Yeah, definitely. And then we've, well, we live and dig here. This is our permission here. So yeah. Lincoln Show is mostly where most of our content was found when we're not off gallivanting on group digs. Yes. various rallies across across the country. Yes, lovely. Yes, Lucy, I was going to ask you about your accent. <laughs> yeah, it throws people off. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> no one can ever place it. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, sometimes, especially um, folks that aren't from the UK or from um, abroad, they will be like, mm, you know, where's that from? I often get accused of being, um, well, not accused. I often get confused with being Irish, um, but I grew up, down, well, I, I was born in Bedford, but I grew up down in the West Country, so I've got a bit of a twang sometimes. So I can go into pirate speak and uh, <laughs> yeah, people think I'm Irish. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that well. Twang. I went to uni in Plymouth, so I know that twang very well. Oh, there you go. You know that twang. Um, but my dad actually is Irish, so sometimes sometimes that can sneak yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> I think that influences there for sure. Like um, for me, everyone seems to think I'm Australian. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, that's just because we don't we don't learn the difference in the twangs, probably, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just started watching. Um, I'm well into my reality TV shows, and I've just started. Well, I was watching Married at First Sight, um, Australia, then UK, but now the Kiwi version has come on as well. So I hope oh, to I refine my knowledge of accents. Um, it's so funny because the Australians do reality TV really well. And yes. then New Zealand does like the cheap and cheerful version. <laughs> That's like the best way to describe it. I look forward to looking at the difference. Yeah, you're not wrong there. MasterChef Australia, they go all in on MasterChef, uh, MasterChef Australia. It's so much yeah. different and more hardcore to the UK version. I really notice the difference. Yeah, there. it's one of my probably one of my favourites actually. The, the Australian MasterChef. There is a New Zealand version as well. Is that one also cheap and cheerful? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's also the budget version. I like yeah, the it. I like it. <laughs> Brilliant. So you're up there. And uh, how long have you both been metal detecting or history hunting for, would you say um, now? I think it's over. Is it over three years now? Yeah, over three years metal detecting exclusively. Yeah. But we've both sort of hunted for history probably through our whole lives. And it's sort of manifested now in metal detecting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, both, both when we look into our charters, we both were digging from a very early age. Yes, digging. <laughs> digging and exploring. Yeah, where we lived in Bedford, there was fossils everywhere. So I was always just fascinated when, you know, we'd be doing the little garden plot that we had there with vegetables. And I'd be like, oh, what's this? And at the time, because I'm a, a child of the 80s, I think we had one encyclopedia in the house and that was it, no internet. So it was like, that's as much as you're going to learn about that item for now. And so now, um, for me, getting back into history, um, I did geography in the end through my education. So I'm a, I'm learning on the fly now. So it's so great to be able to just explore and find things and uh, actually be able to fully research everything now. It's great, yeah, isn't it? It's oh, it is great, yeah. There's, there's so much out there if you know where to look. 
It's just, mm. it is really good what you can find out. It is, and we shall get to that later. I'll be probing you to see what you use in terms of your digital resources. Um, so you've been exclusively metal detecting for a couple of years, say three years now. Um, but how did that happen? How did you actually get into metal detecting? What made you make that leap? Well, I guess for us, it really sort of started with lockdown. And because we both found we... ourselves trapped back in Lincoln. Yeah, we? we were both trapped here during lockdown. And I can't remember which phase of lockdown it was, but it was like only three, maybe like three things that you're allowed to do. It was like golf, fishing, metal detecting, <laughs> and just like walking. Yeah. So we ended up picking metal, metal detecting. <laughs> And just started in the garden and we found a penny. Yeah. Uh, it was a half penny, a ship's half penny. Ship's half penny and a naval nice. button. And that that was it. We were like hooked and just like loads of probably like trash. And oh, so much trash. We had a horrific first group dig. Toy cars. Yeah, toy cars. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. We were just like obsessed just from the first day. Yeah, yeah. That's it. When you get your first thing be it a toy car or a coin whatever it is you just feel like oh wow and then you just hooked on you it's the same for me so when you had your first detector what was that for both of you did you have one between the two of you or did you have one each well we still only have one between the two of us <laughs> we, we first started with the mind lab vanquish 340 because um ah. so I went on all the facebook groups i think I'm, I'm probably in every single metal detecting facebook group that exists on facebook and yeah. I remember asking what was a good starter machine. And out of the comments, this was the one that came out the highest. So took the plunge. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's a good machine, isn't it? Because it's it's so good. Um, but also it's mm. not like super duper expensive, is it? It's quite yeah. achievable. It's really easy to use. It's a switch on a go machine. That's exactly what you want. Um, and we've definitely, like, we've found some of our best finds with that machine. So we can't, like... Oh, no, we can't speak a bad word about it. <laughs> I can't it. speak a bad word about no. that machine. We still got it. It's our trusty little backup. I think we used it for about a year, um, and yeah. then we upgraded to the Knox 800, Yeah, which I think is quite a good... Um, it's a good transition. A good transition because it's similar similar tones, numbers, um, mm -hmm. obviously more complex, but oh, it's, yeah. it's a good... I think a good way to go rather than going to a completely different brand when you're kind of used to that setup. And I think if, if we'd yeah. gone in with the Knox straight away, I think we might have been put off by the, yeah. the complexity behind it because it was a steep learning curve when we switched to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's so many little tweaks you can do. And like I know people get really nerdy about it and they have the favourite settings and mm -hmm. like share settings online. But, like, I mean, we fine-tuned ours very, like, very slowly over yeah. like a good year. But I think definitely starting like the Vanquish is a great model. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard great things about it. Um, and then, yeah, that's really key what you say. You don't want to leap too far. And it becomes muscle memory, doesn't it, with your machine? Mm -hmm. When you're really in tune with your machine, you're like, mm -hmm. ah. And then to have that jolt, if you change so massively, yeah. suddenly yeah. two different brands, it would put you off. Yeah, I think I think we did it. I think we were lucky with our. Well, we did our research. We did our research, yeah. And it's been not too difficult for us to sort of get better at what we do. Well, the Vanquish was great to start because we didn't have to worry about technology or anything. Like if we started with something more, all we had to worry about was metal detecting, and, and that was what we wanted. And I think that's the thing with the hob. This hobby can be really intimidating 
um, just because of all the technical gear and that sort of knowledge that you need to have. Like it is, it can be quite, yeah, like I said, intimidating to get into. Mm. So I think yeah. the Vanquish keeps it like keeps simple, it keeps it easy. And it was only the yeah. 340. We didn't have Bluetooth. We didn't have any of the fancy mod cons. <laughs> it was only the 340. Actually, in saying that, uh, one thing I was really happy about with the the Knox was actually having the Bluetooth for headphones yeah. because I dropped my machine all the time and I was getting my, my head yanked to the floor. <laughs> we went through two pairs of headphones. I've broken quite a few pairs of yeah, headphones from that. <laughs> Uh, yeah it is good i walk along and i've got like uh, my finds pouch is one of these ones it's a utility belt and it's on my hip and then on my right hip i've got my garrett um serrated hand shovel thing Um, yes and then so if i if i have wires around you end up getting caught in everything and it affects your Mm. swing and just the comfort doesn't it and when we're doing so something so physical for so many hours the last thing you need is something that's like constantly pulling on your neck and stuff so yeah if if you can get the bluetooth headphones we'd always recommend it and it is important that the Knox is also waterproof because the the poor little vanquish is not waterproof Oh no! And I remember we had to buy a really expensive weather cover so that we could take it out in the rain. And even then, if it rained too hard, it was like shelter the vanquish. Don't let it get wet. Yeah. That's good. I didn't know that about the Knox. Yes, that's right. So I'm just moving up from an XPORX, and so the yeah. the uh, remote control on that is not waterproof. Mm. So then there's the same thing because in some ways it is still such a small industry. When I got that, and then I, I realised it wasn't waterproof, then I had to seek out a cover. Like you say, <laughs> that's not always that easy, is it, to find the right kind of cover no. for your control? And then you find yourself shocked how much you have to pay for a little bit of plastic. Yes, exactly, exactly. You're like, oh, but I need it, so I'll get it. Um, and then, yeah, heartbreakingly, I've seen some people that have been out beach detecting um, with machines that aren't waterproof, oh, and they've no. kind of gone to find something. They've lent their detector against like their spade, and then a wave's come in, a oh, rogue no. wave, knocks it over oh, into no. the water, killed oh, their no. machine. So, Honestly. yeah, heartbreaking. I was going to say, that's the one thing we've not tried yet. Yeah, no, we've never actually done beach detecting. Tried beach detecting. Uh-huh. Oh, you must. We're quite landlocked. Yeah, we are a bit landlocked. <laughs> yes, that's a trouble. We're not isn't too it? far from the coast. No, but they have been uh, cracking down a bit. Yeah, they've been locking down the beaches now. I think you have to get um, a permit now or something from the council. Oh, really? Yeah, that's for the good spots anyway. Oh, it was so much controversy online when they did that. Yeah, yeah. big wow. people were up so this is Crown Estates Beaches. They're making well, I think it might, permits or their I'm own sure beaches. I'm sure it's Lincolnshire Council that has mm. done. I can't tell you. I'm not sure. Not sure. Not sure on all the, the nitty gritty. Top tip, double check if yeah. you're in that area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, my parents are in North Devon, so there's some lovely big beaches in North oh, Devon, Wollacoon Beach, Salt and Sand Beach mm. um, that I can get on. So I've done it a couple of times. So unfortunately, both times I've done it with the ORX, um, I've just come away with many, many bottle tops and bits of can slaw and that kind of thing. <laughs> but I need to go down and kind of dedicate a day to it and see if I can tune in to the, to the salt mode on that machine. So we've done your machine. What other bits of gear do you use? when you're out and about now i just want to say to everybody if you go to the romanfound.com 
website, you've got on your field notes section, your gear list, which is really helpful. So I went and did my research there. But if you want to tell the listeners. (laughs) Oh, you have done your research. But yes, I I mean, that's a good place to start. I suppose I'm the one with the rest of the gear. Yeah, I mean, we get asked that question a lot. It's sort of like in the comments on socials. So we're like, well, make the list and then send people to the send list. people to the list <laughs> but i guess in terms of what about my my guess head the only other thing i have is headphones yeah um and my finds pouch which i fill mm. with pottery usually um, the surface. but this is quite funny the headphones that i like are the nocta Nocta legend yeah. headphones so i use those with the equinox <laughs> <laughs> mix and match yeah, yeah, just because they're really comfortable. Um, so because I, you, well, when we go out, we're digging all day. So having headphones on all day can like, I get, um, sometimes I get like headaches from it, where I found the Nocta headphones I can wear for longer um, without getting much like headache pain. Because you'd, you'd often have to rip the Nox ones off after yeah. a couple of hours yeah just because it's just too painful um and i like that they talk to you yeah they do they power say on. they're on or they're turned off power off <laughs> um <laughs> connected. good okay <laughs> um, confirmation do you think there's anything else that i personally use this phone because you're the filmer yeah phone battery pack battery pack to keep everything charged there's nothing worse than getting a dead battery out in the field um and then my finds pouch which is the searcher one which i keep all those little bits in and then i'm normally bogged down with all the rest of the gear (laughs) (laughs) digging pack horse that follows lucy around the digging caddy the digging caddy as lucy (laughs) likes to refer me to um so i normally have my finds pouch which has normally got two finds tins in it both searcher got a coins pod and the artifact tin because yeah. we like to keep them separate. Because if we're having a if we're having a really good day, then it gets a bit cluttered, and you don't you don't want to risk losing something. Exactly. So we yeah. keep them separate. They're they're made for separate things for a reason. So we have both. Then we've got a little fine spray, which is normally full of distilled water, just for spritzing those fines clean. Which is better, well, better for the videos and better for us knowing what we've found in the field. So I can mm-hmm. make sure that I'm noting down next to my identification, my little GPS, what it is. Nice. And then, um, what else do I have? My edge digger. Although I have had to start attaching it to me, got it on a bungee cord because we had, I don't know what happened about a year into me having an edge digger. I started losing it, didn't I? Yeah, it was like over a few weeks and Ellie lost it like three times. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. There was like some kind of mental block happened. If you were at the Rodney Cook rally last year, then field 14, my edge digger's still there somewhere. Lost. It'll probably and just be churned. A few weeks ago, no, a few months ago now. Yeah. We found one of our edge diggers that yeah. had been like ploughed up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lost one last year. <laughs> and then we went back in the same field again for the first time this year and about lunchtime. And I've managed to you find got, it. It sounded like a Roman, didn't it? It wasn't yeah, as good a signal did, as you It was a it really iffy signal and I thought it was like a, a grot or something and it was Ellie's edge digger. So that was <laughs> crazy. Um, at least we got that back you know they're, they're not the cheapest of tool to go losing no so no. now they're all attached to ellie to try yeah. and prevent that happening again oh and your pinpointer yeah i've got the mi4 pinpointer i love that one actually mm. used to have a garrett parrot which i did love but 
He went funny on me, didn't he? Yeah, and it was like eating, just started, like, eating, eating batteries. through batteries. Like, I'd have to oh, change wow. batteries halfway through a dig. Like, wouldn't last four hours a whole wow. battery. Mm-hmm. You know, those batteries aren't cheap either. No. no. Whereas the MR4's rechargeable is brilliant. Yeah, so we sort of tried. Well, it's like it's the same with a mach- like changing machines. It's sort of similar with like changing pinpointer brand. Yeah. And you were a bit hesitant to start with. I was. I didn't want to stray from Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> the Garrett like, Carrot. But now you really love that one. Well, the MI4 had good recommendations, so I took the plunge on that one. It is brilliant. I I would even say it's possibly more sensitive than the Garrett Carrot, you know. It's Mm -hmm. it's really good. Mm -hmm. I do like it a lot. Do I have anything else? The Spade. We just use a B&Q Spade at the minute, a B&Q Special. Yeah. (laughs) They're always good, aren't they? You can't fault it. If if it's not too weighty, absolutely. It's easy to get there, isn't it? Just pop down the road. Um, interesting what you're saying about your edge digger and losing it. So that one that you lost, um, that'll be there for years to come and detectorist to find. But maybe you need to like etch in your website address on it. And so if you lose another oh, one, just someone that recovers it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 200 years contract. time, they'll look it up and go, oh my goodness, what is this? <laughs> 100%, yes, we should. <laughs> and um, I like what you said there about your spray bottle and distilled water. That's really important, yeah. isn't it? That you use, if you can, distilled water. Um, rather yeah, than just no, tap it's water. the best one to use. Yeah, it's uh, better it's, on your finds. Tap water's got lots of minerals in it that you aren't you're not aware of, and it varies from county to county. And sometimes mm. even chemicals. Sometimes even chemicals. Yeah, depending on where it's coming from. So distilled water is always the safest. I mean, I know the find's been in the ground for like probably hundreds of years. You don't know what it's been for, what nasty chemicals the farmer sprayed on it. <laughs> well, at least I know from when it's been in our care, it's only had distilled water on it. There you go. That's it. You've always done the best for your finds. Brilliant. Okay, so we've run through your gear now. Um, So the next question is about uh, whether you're members of any clubs or groups that you might like to promote, or do you just tend to go on your own permission and then go out to the digging festivals that come about? Yeah, that's pretty much our setup. So we have our own permission and do the the big rallies. Um, No, we don't. Have a local club? No, I think the local clubs are very small and niche and hard to get into. Mm. From what I've heard, of it. Um, so no, we just just forge our own way, really. Yeah, fantastic. We're team LP and they they look after us very well. Ah. LP metal detecting, um, but yeah, yeah, we normally just go to the big rallies and have a good laugh and see everybody there. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Team LP, hearing great things about Team LP and especially in, in terms of um, pushing forward female detectorists as well and telling their stories. A few people from uh, Team LP have been on the podcast already. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's tricky, depending on which area of the UK you're in, whether there is an actual local club. And because it's suddenly like, you know got popular since lockdown, um, quite often they can't accept new members because they're already quite, you know, got a lot of members yeah, already yeah. and can't accept any more numbers to the digs. It becomes a bit of a nightmare, doesn't it, in terms of parking and things. You can't yeah, have unlimited yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. sometimes. Brilliant. Okay, so in terms of permissions, when you go about mm. getting your permissions, how do you do that? Have you got any top tip for the listeners on how to go about getting permissions? Oh, top tips on permission. Number one, I say, is be prepared for rejection. <laughs> Yeah. have a develop so, a thick skin very and yeah, try yeah. not to take it too personally which mm-hmm. can be difficult because yeah. i definitely take stuff personally yeah. and i'm quite sensitive and introverted <laughs> and it definitely helps a lot that ellie is an extrovert in our because oh. i will it, uh, 
stuff like that just kills me. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's, it's difficult. Our permission uh, we got for a family contact. But it did take us a good six months to lock down. Yeah, There's a bit of red tape we had to go I'd through. I'd say most of our, because we've got like smaller permissions as well, and most of those are from family and mm. friends or it's sort of... Uh, expanded from permissions that we have so whether the uh well like it helps to have an inside line i think so our yeah. main permission is an estate so we have tenant farmers on there and the yeah. tenant farmers do not just farm that estate so we've right. worked worked our way in with the farmers you know a bit of mm. a bottle of christmas some chocolate here and there a nice christmas card it goes yeah. a long way and a lot yeah. of them appreciate that we're always very upfront we ask them what fields we can go on and etc etc although i did once call a farmer's crop a weed by accident i was like is this crop or is it just a weed and he was like i know the rapeseed's not doing very well at the minute ellie but it's not quite not doesn't quite deserve to be called a weed <laughs> yeah. ellie loves to annoy them yeah i do love to annoy. give them a phone call and they're like hello <laughs> what's what's going on where can we get on <laughs> we're, we're in the village um, but no, so one of the farmers has now let us on a little bit of their home farm area. Mm. So I think once you get something, you need to, it's important to work. Yeah, just to develop your relationships. But I mean, we didn't really, well, once we got our first sort of main permission, we didn't really start expanding on that for like two years, really. Yeah. So it's only in the last year yeah. that we've sort of, expanded our network a bit more and sort of but it's taken that time to develop those relationships with people and as well we just talk to everyone we see because we've got public footpaths that go through some of the land so we often see people always curious people from the village or the neighboring village and they always want to know what we found or just have a chat so we're quite like open and just chat to everyone that we see and I think even that kind of helps to establish you mm-hmm. in the you know, in the landscape and sort of people get used to you being there. So it's sort of, I don't know. It's, well, you, you it never just know helps, who you're talking it? to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You never know who might go, oh, well, I've got a piece of land that you do Come want to. Come and my paddock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if you show the enthusiasm and you show the willing, then you're coming from the right place. People appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's just like that open, being an open mm. with people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, genuine and open. And like you say, if you see someone coming along, I always sort of wave and then you can sort of tell yeah. if they want to yeah. talk to you or not and like put everything down and go and talk to them. Yeah. And then often people... Like, oh, my dogs anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, Lucy, that dog spotted us. He's coming for us. And then the only one we're like, Barney, Barney, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Barney. Then like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then you just start talking to them. Um, but then, yeah, quite often they'll go, oh, I lost a ring one time. And then I'll be like, oh, do you want me to come and have a look for you? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, that one, yeah. We've actually yeah. been asked to look for a ring. We've been looked asked to look for lost jewellery in a house. That was an interesting one, yeah. And that was actually, you. it just doesn't work. No. There's so much, like. So much metal in the house. So much metal in the house. It's just like everything's beeping, everything's. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, they'd lost a pair of sapphire earrings in a huge walk in wardrobe. Yeah. And there was just like. Whoa. It was like, yeah. It was like, there's, there's like metal in the floor, there's metal in the walls. And it's like, it's just. Yeah, there's no way, is there? You've got the wiring and floorboards and nails and everything. Yeah. yeah. 
It's going to happen. That's the last time that we've been asked to assist in a, no, in a retrieval. Our services are available if anyone would like to. Yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. a quirky I've said that before when I've put a little ad in the local like village magazine. That's what I've put in bold, like free jewellery finding service or free <laughs> something service. Have you ever had anything back from that? Just to, to help. Yeah, there was a lady that lost a, a gold earring in a graveyard, actually. And no. so that was difficult because obviously it's a graveyard in the church, yeah. but the um, Reverend at the time gave us permission, all the rest of it, so found that. And then um, my farmer, on my permission, actually, this is a funny one, he'd got out of his car and then lost his car key or his Range Rover key. Um, and so he was like, it's in this field somewhere. He'd gone to check like the water for the sheep and the water meter and all this kind of stuff. So he was like, I've lost it somewhere. And I was like, are you sure it didn't just fall out of your pocket? Like when you got out of the car or whatever? No, 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 I've lost it somewhere here. So I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked and I was like, are you sure? And you've, did you check where you were in the water meter cabinet where it's locked? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kept trying, kept trying. I was like, I've got it. Because it was my permission, my main permission farmer as well. I was like, I have to find it. it. (laughs) The pressure, the pressure. (laughs) He's going to think I'm rubbish. Um, And then, I don't know, it must have been about two weeks later. And I'd been out about three or four times. And I had my nephew out with me trying to help me as well. And then he, he sort of sheepishly messaged me going, um what a metal detector is snow hey and uh there was a picture of his key and i was like where did you find that anyway he went i'm really sorry i had actually locked it in the the water meter thing <laughs> so i had no <laughs> chance of finding it <laughs> and when he swore he'd checked it was there so yeah i didn't feel too bad about not finding it <laughs> oh, that's a good one. that is a good one that uh but yeah farmers obviously have like that one nut or bolt that has to go on that piece of machinery and you can imagine dropping that in a bit of long grass or something it's just another way to sort of make them happy or their farmer friends might need you too so that's always a good in (laughs) brilliant okay right so um we're going to move on to your finds now. Now, mm-hmm. you have found some amazing bits and pieces over your short time in the hobby. So what would you like to share with the listeners in terms of your best finds or most interesting finds? Ooh, we, okay. Yeah, we have been, like, really lucky. We have been lucky, yeah. Well, I mean, every gold, we found gold. People always think that that's our best find. Then we found that about so eight months into the hobby, nine months just under a year, I think. Yeah. And that was a... With the Vanquish. With the Vanquish. Brilliant. There you go. Brilliant little machine, that one. Um, so that was a it was a gold Henry VII angel. So it's a Ooh. massive hammered coin, for those who wow. don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, and that sort of... I think it was at the the right time sort of in detecting mm. that you're like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked for life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then at the same time you're like are you ever gonna like top that you know it's sort of like what else is Mm. out there and since then we have found we haven't found gold since no we haven't actually but the things that we have found have still blown us away and amazed us so oh definitely it still shows that you know you don't always have to find gold to to Mm. have to enjoy the hobby Mm. it's uh a rare treat when it does happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, then, I mean, we've had an incredible find this year. We've finally ticked off Bronze Age off our bucket list. We have a beautiful Bronze Age flat axe. It's probably oh, one of the wow. oldest ones you can find. And that, that blew us away. We both yeah. knew what it was immediately. And we were no both mistaking like, it. Mm. Had to have, it, was like a, it was like a sit-down moment. Do you ever find something and it's like a sit-down moment? Yes. Like sit down yeah. Moment. Yes. I think 
for that just being like, like this is literally the probably the oldest thing we've ever like ever found and touched and it's just like yeah that was incredible that was truly yeah and the first person to touch it in all those years like yeah. the yeah. person that put it there you're the first people to touch it again that's amazing isn't it that link yeah but i don't know if like anyone else has these experiences as well i feel like with our best finds there's always sort of like a a bit of a strange story or coincidence that yeah. goes with them mm-hmm. and which kind of makes them even more special and yes. I feel like our first one was probably with the gold with the gold yeah we had a there was a double rainbow involved <gasps> oh. so it had been like a a truly it would have been one of the you know winter digging is trauma it was one of the most traumatic winter digs of our short digging career. It had been rained on. It had been that, but it was like that constant rain that drenches you. But yes. like we were stubbornly still going out, and it was that time that gets dark really early, and we'd been. We'd had an all right day. We'd found like a. a I found nice, a really nice buckle. A really nice buckle, um, but which was probably the the find of note, and then yeah. we decided like let's head out um, via this big field. Via this field which we hadn't been in that day. But a few weeks earlier, um, we, the first time we ever went in there, I turned to Ellie and said, this is the field that we're going to find golden. Yeah. And I'd oh. never said that out loud. About any other About field. any other field. Just when we first went there, I was like, Ellie, this is where we're going to find gold. And wow. we didn't that day. Or the, or day, the day after. Or even the following visit. And then <laughs> we decided to walk through this field on our way out. On our way out. And then there's this amazing double rainbow and we turned to each other and we laughed. I was like, ah, is there going to be like gold at the end of the rainbow? Let's like follow it. And I we... know, because it actually ended in the opposite side of the field that we were in. And yeah. it was like, we'd be foolish not to go over there. So we just like followed to the end and there was nothing. And then we turned back to go to the gate. Deflated. And then deflated, like, oh, that's it. we've been rained on. We, haven't f- we found a buckle. Like it was getting to dust. There was as well. no gold at the end of the rainbow, so like, let's go home. And then I got a signal. I was like a really solid nineteen. I was just like, it was literally on the like it was a one deep, like on the surface, basically. And I was like, Ellie, you got to dig this one before we leave. Like literally, last signal. <laughs> I would say we were we were only like three meters out from the gate. Yeah, the gate yeah, yeah. And I was like, I think that day we'd been quite creative with like filming and stuff. And I was like. Oh, let's take it because I really want to get this like one last shot of you just getting like a really good, just like in the grass, ASMR y, you know, digging through grass and dirt because it was just like, so I set up for this shot and I was like, okay. And then Ellie could like hear it with the pinpointer through the grass. So we knew it was really shallow. She dug this little plug and then flipped it over. And then like the sound that she made was literally like, I knew straight away that it was gold because it was literally like Ellie's soul had like left her body. And I've never heard her make that sound in my life ever. I was like, is it gold, Ellie? And she's like, you got to look in the hole. I was like, what was going on? So I had stopped filming. They came around and I like started filming again and Ellie like lift the plug up and there was the gold coin was literally. It's like, I don't think you can ever get over seeing just like a massive just, gold coin just looking up at you. Just sat there literally a couple inches. Yeah. In the, basically in the top soil and we're just like, I think we were freaked out and yeah. I didn't even, I couldn't even film properly. And I, I <laughs> it was just like such a, so chaotic. So chaotic. 
And then we were like, we were shaking. It was in the family group chat straight away. It was like, like what? yeah. So like, there was gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, not at the end of the rainbow, but like, if we hadn't walked there, we wouldn't have walked the path that we took back. Yeah. Yes. Was so yeah. exactly uh, spooky. So you knew. You knew there was going to be gold in there eventually, mm, your sixth sense, yeah. and then you went. Yeah, it was pointing weird. in the right direction. And then, so uh, we've had a few people that have had to just sit there. Like, they literally couldn't move after they found gold. But after you got over the initial shock, were there gold dances? <laughs> no. No, we, we didn't, didn't do a gold dance. We didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm and that's like, I only regret that. It's not it's like a gold regret dance. that we did a gold dance. But we were literally like, couldn't speak. We were just like, like paralyzed. It couldn't, yeah, it was just like complete shock yeah. because it was just so perfect. This and, so just beautiful. Sitting, and just sitting there in the hole, it's just like, this doesn't even happen, you know? Like, yeah, it did feel very surreal. So surreal. Yeah. And then just sort of like, just, you know, like wet and yeah. just like sitting there, just like bedraggled. <laughs> bedraggled with eight this, hours traipsing around the permission. Clutching this gold coin. <laughs> we didn't even want to touch it. We didn't really know what to do because yeah, we'd we found to touch gold it. before. So we didn't really know like what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, really yeah. Good. <laughs> but like, you know, eventually we pulled it out of the hole and had a look at it. Yeah. And then we tried yeah. to do a little photo shoot in the, in the gloom. It was dark, so it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But then, yeah, it's weird. It's, I feel like the best finds always have, like, a, a weird little story mm. like that. And it sort of, yeah. I don't know, it makes them more special, mm. I feel. It adds to them. Yeah. It does add to the mystery, doesn't it? And the angel was the gold coin after the noble, wasn't it? Because I was doing yes. a bit on gold yeah. noble the other day. Yeah. So I learned about the angel. And then I said, I want to find an angel now. That sounds better than a noble. Now you've told me about an angel. So I think everything's pointing in the direction that I'm going to find. Oh, yeah. You'll find one the next time. Yeah. Out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, but... That'll be my spooky circumstance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've manifested it. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, that's your gold find. And then have you got any other favourite finds? Like you're saying, it's not always about the gold, is it, or the silver? No. It might be an artefact. Um, well, your favourite's always going to be the ski. Yeah, a little sex and ski, which we also found with the Vanquish. Yeah, it's just um, a machine, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's such a tiny little coin, but I just love the designs on them. They're so sort of prehistoric looking. Yeah. Um, there's nothing much else like a ski, I don't think. No. And that's the one thing that's on my mind all the time. It's like, oh, I love another skeet. We've only ever found one. You get you get, you get something that we call skeet fever. When we're in the light <laughs> field, Lucy gets skeet fever. She just, like, won't stop. She's like, what's the fun of the ski? Like, going over the same path. There's, gotta be, there's it. gotta be more there. Usually that's what everyone says. Where there's one, there's more. Mm. So mm. I don't yeah. know where they are, though. Those You're are hiding from me. Yeah, they are. I mean, I suppose one of my favourites would be was it, I think it was, was it this year or maybe end of last year, we found a Roman crossbow brooch, oh, which is like a beautiful. really beautiful, but we found it in two halves. Oh. And like, so we found the top bit mm-hmm. first. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it had unfortunately been hit by the plough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like a clean. It was a clean break. A clean break. Straight down the middle, basically. Mm-hmm. So we found the top bit first. We've got its distinctive onion nodules. And, mm-hmm. um, and they're really distinctive, and it's such an obscure brooch which was from particularly from that particular era. And then we found it and we were we were already blown away because like Roman brooch, it was like, wow. And then we dug a few more holes, found another weird bit. But yeah. we, between this time, we'd put it in our Discord, the Roman found Discord, but one of our friends had sent us a picture of a whole one. 
and we looked at the picture and we and looked we at like, each other <gasps> and I was like, the other bits are the fine tin. We <laughs> got the other half. And we, we really literally like joined them together and it was like, oh, like this <laughs> moment of like, we've completed the, the brooch. And it's because it's quite funny because the clutch, uh, the catch plate foot is quite distinctive. It's like this little, wow, funny little foot. That and it's got, got little, it's got um decoration on it as well. Yeah. yeah, but we're like, it's the picture. Like it's, that's the bit that was mm. missing. And yeah, we're, I think it's quite, as a detectorist, it is quite rewarding. Even if something is broken, but to find the missing piece is sort of like, you know, you're having a really good day when you... Yes can like complete an artifact and it was like it was also like that that moment yeah. of realization that scramble for the finds tin yeah to like clutch out the, the missing piece and just yeah it was so cool so yeah I, and we've we have done that before with a find as well um where we found the two halves of it and once you put yeah. it together then you're like oh that's what it is or mm. um and that was with a medieval lead plague across yeah yeah, I really find that one. Yeah. And one that would have been discarded if we hadn't realised that the two pieces went together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You'd have been like, oh, random. Yeah, one part was the cross bit. Top. And then the other bit was kind of like the base of it. Mm-hmm. So you could have really quite easily thought like the base was just like a bit of... bit lead. Scrap <laughs> lead with like a little mark on it. Yeah. And then just go chuck that in the, the scrap bag. Yeah. Um, but Ellie literally... Most lead Ellie keeps. Yeah, I haven't got rid of any lead until she started she's digging. Decided, wow, like, that it's nothing. Because once the first ever meeting we had with our flow, we went and I took I took everything, and she went through the lead and she was like, "Oh, this is a strange piece. It could be part of a pilgrim's ampulla. This is a lead token." And I was like, "These artifacts hiding in all this trash." So since then, I've just never got rid of any of it yeah. until we know that it's a, it's a nothing. It's just going to remain in a little box. Mm. That's it. And yeah, that and the, it's it's quite small as well. And that was like, yeah, another time of just. And there's such a no. You know, when you're having a really yeah. good day when you've just found those two little pieces. Mm. It's like a proper Indiana Jones or Goonies moment, isn't it? Yeah, I can imagine yeah. seeing the two pieces going yeah. together, like ah, oh, like ah. you say. <laughs> that's yeah. quite. I think that's sometimes more exciting than finding something that's. Perfect, you know, like a coin or whatever. Mm. It's like artifacts. I think sometimes are more, sometimes they have more meaning, don't they? There's a little bit more behind them. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. one of your other favorites would be the Victorian needle case, the brass needle tin that we mm. found, which is like a the Victorians made such beautiful artifacts. Mm. And this needle case, it would have been someone from high society at the time because it's so elaborately decorated. Mm. It's quite a distinguished brand i believe there are collectors out there for this type of thing there are people Maybe that it hasn't been in the yeah ground. there are people that collect them and they're worth quite a bit of money yeah. like if you're into you know that type of thing Niche. That, mm. and i was quite surprised to see them selling for like hundreds even thousands yeah. with yeah. needle cases and like some of them are amazing like butterflies mm. and like elephants i've seen elephant ones Ooh, but yeah. ours is like a quite it's a little bit plainer, than, <laughs> a less elaborate than, a, <laughs> than, an elephant. than an elephant or a butterfly needle case. But but it's got the most beautiful tale of woman's history behind it because mm. it's called the Helena and it's one that was made after Princess Helena, which was Victoria's daughter, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And she's the one who did a lot for sewing and embroidery and um, gave a lot of people, women jobs at the time. She was, was that the patron for is is it the, the needle- royal... 
Royal Needle Society or something like that. Royal Needlework Society? Yeah. Something like that. She was the one who's dragged it from like 15 women working in one shop to basically an industry. An industry. Brilliant. Yeah. So this Needle case sort of talks about what's based on her Mm. and her history. So it's just like sometimes even finds that. Sometimes, you know, people wouldn't class as ancient history or even medieval and yeah. still have so much like poignant history behind them. Yeah, yeah. In society at that time. Yeah. 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 I love finding that sort of like the livery buttons where sometimes you can see mm. the writing on the back so you can see the makers mm. and yeah. be something indecipherable. But then you can see Covent Garden and I'm like, great, now yeah. I've got something to research and work on. That's, that's the thing. Like, I think if you love research, like the more modern finds are you sometimes like more. you can just go into like deep dive rabbit holes, rabbit holes of yeah. like where this thing was manufactured, maybe like what shop it's sold in. Like you Who can literally <laughs> go to town just because there's so much more on the internet that mm. you can look into or mm. yeah. document about yeah. it. Absolutely. I live near a um, airfield that was used in World War Two, and I recently found an Australian. Um, Air Force or Army Air Force cap badge and I was like oh straight oh, wow so then I looked on the records from the airfield that was used in World War Two, and it was only one squadron that, that there at that time so then I was yeah. able to narrow it down to about 20 people that cap badge could have oh, wow. belonged wow. to and it was so amazing just to go down that journey and then I found a picture of them when they were there and then I was like I'm looking at the someone would have that is insane yeah it's amazing yeah. isn't it <laughs> I think that's one of the most rewarding things when you're able to connect that deep down. Yeah. yeah. And I think like we've, we've found a few cat badges as well, but I think the regiments have been quite lot, like <laughs> big ones. So yeah. not as specific as like, yeah. like an Australian one, because that's only going to be like a small that's so cool. yeah. group. Yeah. But, um, they are, I think some of the coolest things to find. Like mm. they, I I think they, they also have quite amazing designs on mm, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always like think, how did they manage to do that back then? You know, because obviously they didn't have the tooling we had. Um, mm. And then if you go far back, obviously they only had natural daylight. And it's just how did they manage to create some of these things? Yeah. No, I know. Incredible. I think that's a, the amazing thing about finding objects, isn't it? It's like wondering how they were made. the craftsmanship, yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah, the craftsmanship that... Sometimes we don't see today anymore. Mm, absolutely. I think the only artifact I've managed to piece together is like a Red Bull can or something. I find the bottom half. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I wish I'd be able to do I mean, that as well. I mean, even I get excited. I'm like, oh, you get excited when we find like a 70s can. Is there a date on it or like what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> place it somewhere in time oh it's fun isn't it it is actually when you say that when you find the cans with the old tops you know the old tops where it was the ring yeah. pool that you actually had to really pull away and then very rarely i find those old old ring pools that were really hard i remember as a kid trying to open cans and they were really hard to do and i used to always cut my little fingers and stuff on those ones they were dangerous hence the reason they probably changed it around but yeah you find, <laughs> you find those don't you and you're like oh 1970s Fanta or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little collection. I even I even quite like the vintage, just like, like vintage, branding. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's quite fun. Sometimes we cool. find like a so like shoe polish or things like yeah, that. Yeah, shoe polish. Yeah, like cleaning old vintage cleaning products is quite 
Yeah. Yeah. Or if you come across like old bottles, sometimes randomly, won't you? You'll find like a pile of mm. old, old junk. Um, and in my garden here, actually, they've obviously used like a bit by the hedge as a, a dumping ground. And I found like really old Victorian sort of medicine bottles and things like that. Complete. Oh, wow, yeah. So that's yeah. lovely. I yeah. found those and clean them. Really good, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, still staying within the realms of fines, then what's your oddest or weirdest thing that you found do you think this is a difficult one i think i don't think we found anything pe- particularly peculiar w- peculiar or weird i mean we found things in odd places like um because our permission is was quite large and there's some very isolated parts of it and like in one of the wettest most isolated randomest parts we found like it was like 10 or 12 tops of cream like cream tops Dairy cream tops. Oh. It's like, it was a farmer oh. just sat here chugging all these bottles of cream and just like chucking the <laughs> chucking the cream tops into the field. And they're all in the same area as well. My my sus- yeah. suspicion is a fifties dump or something. We've <laughs> <laughs> never found anything like yeah. truly crazy. Oh I mean, the play cross. Would you say that's weird because of its, its connotations with the plague and like it's a bit spooky? I think because they they would have been carried to ward off the plague mm. or even buried with victims of the plague so that's that bit spooky wow. and weird yeah but nothing yeah. too like nothing too crazy crazy nothing too unusual no i mean we found found a victorian penny where she had her face scratched off yeah i think we've found more weird stuff mud marking yeah than metal detecting. than metal detecting i think metal detecting maybe we need a detect in weirder places I don't know. maybe <laughs> <laughs> the thing is there's no rhyme or reason is there we always say you'll be in the middle of nowhere and dig a foot down and find like a modern red bull can like you say or you might yeah. be like somewhere in something like a surface find or you know an inch down you just don't know yeah you know. definitely have times where you're like how did this get here yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah absolutely so you do mudlarking as well um whereabouts do you tend to go off on your mudlarking adventures on the rare occasion we do do london do we've both, both got permits, permits for, PLA. for the, for the oh, well yeah. yeah um but that is when we can get down there yeah yeah so, i mean yeah. we've got time once we're down there if we're not doing something crazy yeah. but um i mean you can't really mudlark in lincolnshire very easily not unless you go to the coast but then mm. it's a bit difficult that's more like the, Beach kind. the Romans handily canaled most of our rivers, so they're a bit dangerous <laughs> to go wading in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not good, and you, you'll get mangled by the shopping trolleys and things, won't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing stuff have been dredged out of the rivers near us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, some crazy stuff. Like, there's there's the Witham Shield, which is like a Bronze Age shield. <gasps> no way. That's at the British Museum. Yeah, it's crazy, that one. Wow. I oh, know they're always dredging out crazy. Do they things. find any like Viking? I feel I'm like sure they found Viking. a helmet or something or a sword. They've definitely found some stuff like that. I'm sure a sword has come up. Is it less marking and more yeah. river dredging? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't wonder if anyone's like ever had like permission to just like scuba. You know, like people who do like underwater detecting. I don't know if you could. I mean, some people do that. Scuba do that in them. the. Do that in the rivers in like America. There's like detectorists mm. that do that, but I don't know like yeah how fun that would be in, in the river. <laughs> <laughs> water. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. 
there's that program that was on the History Channel. I can't remember what it was called, but I think it's Aqua Chigger. And he was here with a British guy, and they were detecting in rivers around the UK. They obviously got special permission from estates mm. and stuff where rivers had run through, and they found some interesting stuff, cannonballs mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah but I don't know they how. They found some crazy stuff on the Thames mudflats, but that's as also dangerous as hell. Yes. Yeah. But like they find like cannonballs, whole, whole Roman pots. There's some, some crazy stuff out there. I mean, I, I'm... I want to know what's in our local rivers, but I don't think you'll get me in there. <laughs> no, you definitely won't. <laughs> no, not after seeing everything on the news recently and everything they're pumping into the rivers. <laughs> you know, yeah. Something nasty. Um, mm. Okay, cool. We will we will move on to then um, dry spells. How do you cope with your dry spells? I can tell that you you uh, you don't give up, you two. So, but when you're going for a bit of a dry spell, uh, what do you tell yourself? I don't know. I mean, I think I don't think we really accept a dry spell. We never let there be a dry spell. And we'll just push ourselves to the brink yeah, of exhaustion. If, if we're out, usually we're like sometimes quite determined not to leave until, until we found, found something, something <laughs> um, which can be a bit crazy at times. Yeah. But um, we're quite lucky. We do have a mix of like pasture and arable. and arable. So there's like a bit of a rotation that we sort of do where when but, we can't get on the the arable because it's been it's in crop or something we then sort of move to pasture so it sort of gives us a break and it's kind of a nice change of scene so we've always usually have somewhere to go um but then i think you have different expectations from different seasons and different bits of land so you have different ideas of what a dry spell is because like if we're on the pasture then well, on arable we'll, we'll normally be happy with say like like a roman or like a, maybe a nice piece of silver or good artifact but on the pasture, I feel like sometimes we'll find a Victorian penny. We'll be like, "Yeah, what a good day!" We're like loving it. Yeah. Found a Victorian penny. Like I think you've got different different conditions bring about different different ideas. What what is a good day out digging? Mm. And I feel like I yeah, just thinking like I feel like I generally have like a a nicer just like a nicer general day on pasture. So it's, 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 a, less, it's less trauma muddy. <laughs> And it's sort of just like a bit more like you're in the countryside, so it's a bit more pleasant. So I think even if you don't find much, I feel like you generally still have like a nice day out. So I think mm-hmm. yeah. dry spells, I mean, everyone has those digs where it's sort of like you come home a bit empty-handed, but yeah. then I guess it's better luck next week or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I mean, when I think about the most traumatic times digging, it is always in the muddiest arable land. Mm. It's never pasture's never traumatized me that badly. No, <laughs> it's nice, isn't it, pasture? Because it's either like a bit drizzly, mm. and then it's just really a pleasure to dig your plugs, isn't it? Because it's just dead easy. Mm. Yeah. Or it's like imagine a beautiful spring day or summer day, and it's early in the morning, and then you can just like lean up against a tree and eat your sandwich mm. and hear the birds sing. It's always a pleasure, yeah. isn't it? Always, always a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. But when you talk about the trauma of muddy winter digs, which is what I've just been through when on that club day, yeah, it's hellish, isn't it? And then you just got that everything's caked in mug mud and yourself and your detector have to get in the shower it's just a bit crazy yeah yeah we literally just sort of made the transition to pasture yeah like, we, we made the choice mm. was that last, <laughs> last week last week it's sort of like yeah we've had enough of the mud yeah mm. well it gets to the point where you can't even turn the pinpointer on because you can't see which end you're looking at it's so <laughs> muddy it's just become a pain. and then actually i guess as well there does get to a point which we're not at yet where 
the arable's just too frozen to mm, dig. Yeah. Where you can still sort of dig pasture, pasture okay, mm. in a frost. But yeah. Frosty arables, like, especially because we're clay based. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. So you've got the, you've got in the summer when it's really dry and hard to dig, and then of course you've got it in the winter where it's really frosty and cold and hard to dig. Yeah. Yeah. Each season brings about its own challenges. Yeah, and it's what you make of it, isn't it? If you're just out to like run off and try to find as many coins of or whatever as quickly as possible, then it's probably more difficult for you. But I, I can hear from what you're telling me, and it's the same for myself. It's a whole holistic experience detecting, isn't it? You're not just going yeah, out definitely. to just try and find the treasure. You're just everything about it. No, and I think that's like even with our like our content particularly with our the YouTube, we kind of like to be quite honest. Mm. So we will show, I'll do like a trash montage. This is like all the trash that we found uh, just to sort of show people like it is not find after find, mm. you know, it's we have to dig a lot of holes. And sometimes we'll even go into a bit of the history around the finds people would normally discard just to make this because they are interesting, mm. even though someone may not think they're amazing. Like, I think something that people loved when we did it was found a pigeon ring. So I did a little bit about, you know, pigeon yeah. rings, pigeon ring history, yeah. bit of wartime history, why pigeons have rings, you know, what it's most likely come from. And people were going absolutely wild for it. They were loving it. <laughs> they loved that more than the Roman coin we found that day. <laughs> I just, I, that just shows as well sometimes, like, it's not even like the best finds are the ones that people find the most interesting people want to connect to something I think. so if we have a dig where we literally find like one coin and it's just a load of just random stuff maybe half of it trash you can still get good content out of it because a huge part of it is just like the adventure of the day yeah and like what we're experiencing like if we see like some cool wildlife or something unexpected happens like it's all part of the story of the mm. day and like what we're experiencing it's not just finding artifacts so i think even a bad day we can turn into a good day in terms of getting youtube out and i think that's like can be a challenge when you are like a youtube creator it's like that is expectation that you've got to have finds sometimes you think to show have we found enough have we found enough for a youtube and it's like well this happened and then you know like we got hailed on or like, <laughs> or like you know something something like unexpected and that it's like those you, yeah, moments then... that actually people connect with you on you know so then you think well i've had a really good day so we still want to share it yeah, yeah. so i think that's kind yeah. of it's like changing your perspective a bit sometimes like it's not always it's not always roman find, roman hammered silver to find stuff it's yeah. actually just going out and having a good time um yeah. and that's sort of I guess in our because we do make content it is a big part well it's a huge part of what we do but like our journey of that has like changed as well like we've had times where we've kind of had to draw the line yeah and be like no we we can't do this anymore because it's having a detrimental effect yeah and at the end of the mm. day like what we're doing we it's still have us. to enjoy it and we still have to it's for us when we're out there so it's sort of like what are we willing to like share yeah with people as well as make sure we're still enjoying what we're doing yeah that's really important because we've always enjoyed making content about what we dig 
Yeah, so we're like we're creatives and that's sort of like we started doing it naturally without even thinking about where yeah, it was going. Exactly. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to enjoy it, haven't you? And I said that a few weeks ago, just personally myself. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt pressure because everything had been harvested to get out every week and dig because you know it was coming to winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was like hang on a minute why am I doing this to myself the stuff is still going to be there and so if I've had a bit of a dodgy weekend where I'm not feeling great I choose to stay in and I'll catch up on my YouTube videos so I'll be watching you um, and dig a dawn and all people like that Mm -hmm. and I'll be going back through I've got a box full of like things that aren't trash they're things but I haven't really investigated them too much so I have fun and so i'll have fun going through that or you know cleaning up some finds i haven't got to really cleaning up yet so yeah it's about enjoying it i mean yeah. yeah it's so true though like even when we're out in the field and some of the fields that we have are quite big and it's just like oh you don't have time to get around all the spots that you normally like or and you just go, oh, yeah. I'll be there next time. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's not going anywhere. If there's something, if we haven't found it or, like, you know, it's... And I think metal detecting is a hobby that gives you a lot yes. to do outside of the field as well. Yeah. There's a lot of research. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, finds looking after, mm-hmm. cleaning, identifying, yeah. recording, yeah. and then curating yeah. little cabinets. Yeah, but I think it's, it's important not to be hard on yourself. And, and I know what you mean about the pressure of, like, feeling like you have to like get out if it's like been harvested or mm. something and it's like some of the windows are small and it's but like sometimes you just have mm. to prioritize yourself and if it's you know if you're not feeling up to going out you don't have to go out like and that's something we're doing more yeah. as well as like having days where we do you know stay at home and we don't go out and we sorting through our content or editing or you know you know that side of it which is if it's you know if it's horrific you know or horrific weather like we don't have, you know, have to go out so it's like the, the pressures yeah. you know just trying not to yeah, feel pressure exactly. sometimes of yeah, and then work and family and friends, you need to make sure you distribute your time, don't you? Mm. And sometimes we just like to have a good old duvet day, don't we? We were just on the sofa watching some <laughs> rubbish TV because we deserve it. And people need to remember, you know, you've got to look after yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, all for that. (laughs) Right, let's move on to the bucket list sections, shall we? So um, you've found an awful lot, obviously, but you must still have some items that are on your your bucket list, your own personal bucket list. What would they be? Yes. We've got, well, I feel like a joint one. We both really want to find. Yeah, so we've got a bucket list that we both really want to find, but it's a bit crazy and it's a bit out there. And it's a bit like a bit niche. So as it should be on the bucket yeah. list. <laughs> I know. So like we got we did lo- obviously we've done a load of research to the area and Lincoln mm. itself. And you know, Lincoln was a big Roman capital, et cetera, et cetera. And we've obviously I've obsessed over every single find that's been found within a hundred mile radius of our permission. So uh-huh. one thing that's come up, right, is so we know that Lincoln was an important Roman city and it was legionary fort. And then it became a colonial with its own forum. So naturally, in this own forum, it would have had statues. Yeah. And they have found bases for these statues, but no statues. <gasps> and it was founded, um, when was it? It was found at the time that Domitian was in power. Yeah. And when cities like this are founded, 
it's normally the emperor who was in power at the time that would have had a statue dedicated to them in there. Yeah. And throughout, since like the 60s, even the 1800s, bits of statue fragments have been cropping up Um, all over Lincolnshire. Oh. Like they found a bit of an eagle's wing. They found a bit of a horse's leg. Mm -hmm. Found a finger. Mm -hmm. Ron's finger. They found a bit of (laughs) of a horse's face. And they're... Or there's lots of like research and conjecture that this is all coming from one statue, Fine. one grand statue of Domitian, larger than life, like you would have, like they have seen in Rome. Yeah. Um, larger than life statue of Domitian holding the eagle on top of a horse <gasps> astride, like a, like a grand statue. Yeah. So, so anyway, basically, we've been doing a bit of strategy and we want to find his head. We want- <laughs> We want to find Domitian's head. Yeah, head. <laughs> Which is quite funny. So every time we're out digging, we sort of get like a mystery signal or like we see like a big piece of like bronze. Bronze. We're like, is it a bit of the stick? Like, is it his head? Is it a head? <laughs> so that's kind of like our thing. Yeah. We want to find it. It's definitely oh, our thing. Wow. You see, Domitian was one of the hated rulers. Mm. So it's quite natural to assume that his statue would have been torn down because all effigies of him were torn down after his rule yeah and it would have been broken down and scattered yeah. and they probably would have been made as offerings which is why you find bits of finger yeah. bits of leg yeah. bits of wing like, I, I think they found like a maybe the finger or a bit of it in sort of like a really wet bo- area boggy wet area so it would have been like an offering like to the gods mm. can you like yeah. dry this out sort of thing so i can grow some yeah crop. yeah um, and I'm sure a lot of it was recycled as well, maybe turned into other mm. artifacts. But I feel know, like his head would have been the best offering of all. It's a big statue. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe you hope, I mean, it'd be the dream to find a bit of it. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's our slightly unrealistic That's our unrealistic list. <laughs> and then I guess a little more normal things. A little more back to humanity. <laughs> We'd like to find something simple like a gothic Vicky Florin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're so beautiful and we don't often find a bit of milled silver. No, for us, we hardly ever find milled silver. We found a Victorian half crown. Half crown. And that was so cool because that was the only one we found. Yeah. That Um, was Vicky's old head. But we'd love to find a Gothic. We just think they're one of the most beautiful designs ever minted. Mm, And like, they're just so, like, they're. Harking back to medieval, like gothic design, it's just the designer in us just wants to find one. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to be impeccable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be perfect. Pride of place in the finds cabinet. Then, <laughs> brilliant. I can't wait for the footage of when you find his head and you, one of you lifts oh, it yeah. aloft like Medusa's head. You know that imagery, but it's actually your bronze oh. head. <laughs> You're gonna be find so it. I mean, I feel like we all have these little things that we'd love to find. Oh, it just yeah. happens to be the, the Roman head of an imperial statue. To be <laughs> <laughs> but totally achievable, and like you said, yeah, when they when they written them down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a whole folder with like everything printed out and like maps and like triangles drawn on them, and like <gasps> so proper treasure hunt. This is, isn't it? You're going to hunt, find yeah. it. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, brilliant. Well, I love those two items in your own personal bucket list, but we have our ultimate bucket list, a list on the Detecting History podcast. So we've been putting together all of the items that different guests have suggested could be on all of our 
bucket list and it can be something outrageous and out there or it can be something quite <laughs> achievable so my ask is and usually it'll be one per interview but we have two lovely guests today so you can both place oh, an oh. item on the ultimate bucket list of this can i can i can i take the gothic florin you can take the gothic florin brilliant the because i think that's such a I think a universally loved coin. Yes, and, and achievable. Quite rare to find in really good condition, mm-hmm. but like achievable, I think, for the bucket list that like you want to take that off. Yes, yes, love it. So yes. I'm going to have that. And Ella, you can either be outrageous or, be outrageous or, or something, achievable, something on achievable on there. Um, I, I mean, if we're talking in the terms of a bucket list, I think, have you really been digging if you haven't found your first proper beautiful roman follis like a really nice do you know i mean like a good good quality metal content one from any any rain just i think a really nice roman has got to be on there yeah it doesn't get much better than that there you go i love it and you're right yeah you've both achievable you both got to try (laughs) got to try and vote both of those items absolutely and um not the fantasy (laughs) (laughs) you've always got to have something I, out there if you want i don't know i feel like a bucket list like you have to be able to tick it off otherwise it. it's not a bucket list because you've got to tick them off <laughs> <laughs> i mean for us, otherwise you die with an unfinished list exactly for us when we first started the big bucket list was a roman coin so i feel like that's got to be it's got to be up there mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we are Roman found. Yeah, and exactly. And you are Roman found. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant, excellent. We'll place yeah. those two items on the list. Thank you very much. Um, we're coming to the end of our main yeah. section, so I just have a couple of questions for you. Do you have any other hobbies yeah. that you get up to, or are you completely consumed with metal detecting, muscle darkening, and history? No, no. I mean, we both have, or well, we both have another hobby that we share. Oh, yeah. Which is. We like don't a, do it together, though. No, we do do it separately. <laughs> we have our own separate interests within this hobby. Yeah. And that, that would be Lego. Yay! Yeah. I'm a fe- yeah. fellow yeah. Lego girl. You can't see, but oh, above no. me, I've got. Um, I've got the space shuttle and I've got the space station and I've got the architect sets over there. So I've got the Eiffel Tower and the Adidas Superstar Trainer. I love my Lego. Ellie loves the space. I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with space. I collect exclusively space and medieval things brilliant so yeah so i i've got and mostly 1980s i love the vintage lego oh cool I've got vintage space lego vintage castles yeah like that's my classic lego classic, classic lego. space classic classic castle that's it <laughs> yeah. i do really want the viking village yeah i think we both want that both one. want the viking village the new one that's just come out oh it just looks insane yeah and i'd love the castle well the new the new one they brought out that's the new old one there you go really well. <laughs> that's your lego bucket list <laughs> the lego bucket list is endless well, the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, Coliseum. Oh, brilliant so you're both lego fans excellent yes i've got a build queue i've got xo1 and i've got the moon lander so I, I really shouldn't spend until i've done those two. Oh, the moon lander's a good one yeah i've got the moon that one's retiring yeah, soon so i grabbed it while i could because i didn't want to miss yeah, out you got it. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant okay thank you yeah i love lego because it's very mindful and peaceful isn't it when you start mm-hmm. a new set i really like it and i i had a big operation at the beginning of the year and one of my things 
things was just to be able to sit out of bed. That was an achievement. And so um, that's when I was doing, what was I doing at the time? The space shuttle, I think. And um, I just set myself a task of being able to sit there out of bed and do one of the bags a day. And it just sort yeah. of got yeah. me through that time. So, yeah, highly recommend that's that they good. go for people. Mm. I, f- I feel like both these hobbies are really mindful. <laughs> yeah, we like a mindful hobby. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Because yeah. modern life can be rubbish, as they say. <laughs> so it's <laughs> something to take us away from it all. Um, listeners' questions. So... The one question that always comes up for all of our guests is favourite music. So favourite artist or favourite band, which you might like to listen to. Well, I've got a bit of a deep love for the 80s. Um, So I love like Cher, Whitney Houston. The Queens. Like a bit of 80s classic rock too. (laughs) The Queens. Yeah, the Queens. The Queens (laughs) of the era. Bit of 80s classic rock too. But I mean, I mean, recently I've just been listening to Cher's new Christmas (laughs) album on repeat. Brilliant. (laughs) She's done it once again, like when she That's redid hilarious. the other album. But she did one I could even peg for that bit better than Abba's own original <laughs> versions. <laughs> I love Cher. She's amazing. I just love when she randomly tweets and it's all caps, but everyone listens because the Queen is talking and she always has something good to say. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what's my favourite. I'm less you of go a, through phases. I, I'm a, I go through phases. Go through, we both love Greta Van Fleet. That was a that was a recent phase oh, for you. It's sort of like glam glam, glam rock. rock. Mm. Always like a bit of glam you always rock. Like a bit of glam rock, yeah. Um, like T Rex. Brilliant. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I go through phases. Like I'll literally listen to like a type of music till it's dead. Till I'm done <laughs> with it, and then I'll pick something out. The music rotation. So I went through what a disco phase. Yeah. Um. 80s synth, oh, yeah, 80s synth pop phase. There's another queen we both like, Kylie. Oh, yeah, Kylie. Oh, Kylie. Her disco album was a sensation. She's, she's oh, it's a sensation now as well, isn't she? It's lovely to see her being mm. so awesome Love again. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a big vinyl lover, so I've got a huge collection. So there's like, I've got lots of it from the 80s, a couple of modern bits, but Imagine Dragons. All of their albums. Right? <laughs> That's a shared family love. Everybody in the family loves them. I've seen them many times. Uh, Brilliant. So, you're both massive Kylie fans, Cher fans, glam rock, disco. So, I will have a lot to choose from because when I post about your episode coming out, I enjoy choosing the music that goes along with the social. Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah when that. you see that you'll see my little nod to you because it will be one of your, <laughs> one of your favorites <laughs> brilliant so anything else you would like to promote any shout outs um well for the shout outs i think the youtube channel we've been putting loads of effort into that recently we're working really mm-hmm. hard on our videos and yeah, trying to get really all of our like, content in there yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the main one um really excitedly we've just brought out a new t-shirt, a new Roman fan t-shirt. Oh, yeah, new colourway. New colourway of that. Yeah, that's something we're doing is sort of trying to make like little... We're trying to make little products little around, things, yeah. like little create things around what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so it pays homage back to like your 70s retro golden age of metal detecting. Yeah, because we're, we're both designers, so... Mm, that's that's our day job, so... We're sort of trying to, you know make Roman fan as creative as possible <laughs> that was one of my questions actually you know I refer to the field notes and the gear list earlier on did one of you do the illustrations for that where you drew all the yeah them? We, well we, we both we do both them, do yeah. illustration yeah we oh, never know but usually know. usually it's Ellie yeah 
churning out those illustrations. Well, you're both very talented. It was very good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I guess, I guess maybe one more thing to plug would be our newsletter. Yeah, our new newsletter. Just revamped it. Revamped the newsletter. Um, and that's that's good fun. So we do that every week where we share like a history fact. We may sometimes do like a find of the week. So it's a little preview of maybe something we found that week and share articles and just stuff that interests us. So that's something we're very dedicated yeah we are dedicated to the, to the newsletter lovely and do people just go to your website and then they can sign up to the newsletter yeah. there yeah. i think yeah. there's a link in our uh, link in our bio yeah and if on our social media as well it's got everything there Perfect. all the links yeah <laughs> highly recommend people go and do yeah. that well ellie lucy it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have you on uh thank you so much it's been so lovely to get to know you and i hope that i'll come around the loop again season two next year at some point Woo-hoo! i can invite you on again and we can hear about all the other amazing things you would have found in, a, in another year's time <laughs> so thank it. you love to fingers crossed everybody go good. and check out roman found <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> take care you two and i'll speak to you soon bye uh-huh. bye